What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. And today we have Steven Danton and Sarah Kitamura, the developers of the upcoming title known as Unto the End. Thanks for joining you two. Hey, hey thanks a lot. Josh. Thanks for having us. Yeah, very excited. So I'm super excited about this because let me just start off by saying your game looks very stunning. It is oh, a, an interesting piece of artwork to say the least. Uh, and I'm also excited because we uh, over here at IndiePod, not myself, unfortunately, but Vaughn was the one who did a demo impressions of this and he really enjoyed the game. I'm very excited to see what comes about for you know this entire project in itself. But I always like to start these off by not jumping into the game right away because I wanna give back to the actual minds behind it and get a little, uh, you know, get a little bit of information from the actual brains behind the scenes. So can you tell me a little bit about how both of you got into the games industry and what Two Ton Studios is all about? Uh, Steven, I'll hand it over to you first. Sure, that's good. So we, we took a very long circuitous path to get into the games industry. Both started in different uh, jobs. I worked at mm -hmm. Microsoft for about 12 years. Oh, wow. Sarah was an interior designer. Uh, wow, Windows Phone 7 yeah. came out. Microsoft started letting uh, people moonlight to do projects on the side. Mm -hmm. And so I started making mobile games just for fun for Windows Phone 7, which is no longer <laughs> around anymore. Right. Uh, and Sarah would help out every once in a while. And we just kind of like, that was kind of how it got started, really. Yeah, that's simply. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to make games. Gotcha, gotcha. That's really cool. Well, I'm glad that your passion actually led into, you know, the the scene. It's there's a lot of people who are passionate about games and who want to create it, but just never have that avenue. So it's really cool that you were able to take that step into this. Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's it's uh, we feel really lucky actually yeah. that we're, we've it, been able to do it. It's absolutely. been a lot of fun. It was definitely scary at the beginning when we decided to do it full time. Right because you know we had no idea and no real expectations though either yeah. like we didn't we didn't come at come out like we, le we left our job sold our condo but we didn't do it in the sense of like okay we must accomplish you know x by six months and then y mm -hmm. by 12 months it was kind of like hey let's let's try and see how this goes yeah we were a little more relaxed and it felt a little bit more like an experiment to right say, how is it going to feel working together full time <laughs> right let's see what happens let's we kind of went year by year exactly. or at least that first year was really well, we're gonna do this and, and then kind of evaluate and see how it's going. Yeah, eventually we kind of treated it a little bit like going. <laughs> yeah, going back to school though. It was kind of like right. okay, you know, it's like let's let's kind of uh, learn yeah. learn what it really takes and, and try and get better, uh, you know, every couple months and yeah, just keep wow. going. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fascinating because there's a lot of people who are way too scared to take that leap. I me personally, I'd probably be in the same boat. I don't know if I'd be able to just be like, you know what, I'm gonna put it all. Uh, aside and just take this leap, leap of faith here and go into something totally new. But it's really cool to hear that. Uh, I just wanted to kind of, and this is just out of my own curiosity, but that leap that you're talking about of, you know, putting your jobs on the side and saying, hey, we're, we're doing this full time. We're going into this games thing. Was this with Unto the End or was this beforehand? Well, this really was beforehand. Um, yeah. I'm yeah we, we basically just, we didn't even have an idea that we wanted to move. Wow. We just we just knew we kind of kind of sort of wanted to make games. Uh, before I forget, I, I want to thank uh, Vaughn uh, for the, the playthrough of the demo and the video. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I, Sarah and I both watched it. I thought the intro was really cool and you know, really appreciate that. So I just want to say that, but um, on to <laughs> the- I'm sure he'll uh, appreciate it. Cool. On to the, uh, you know, we didn't, we just said, hey, let's try and do this. Uh, we had lots of ideas we thought could be cool, mm -hmm. but we mm -hmm. didn't have like the idea or like we, we you know a lot of devs talk about like their dream project right 
Right. We didn't have that. We had gone through a few prototypes, yep. and I think we had landed. We had landed on kind of the general environment. It's we'd been living in Scotland and spent time in Iceland, and that's kind of where the beginning of what has become unto the end. But that took about a year to get to that point. But it point. did take a year. Yeah. But it was after that point that we were like, all right. Yeah, let's do that. In. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. And originally the game was called North. Like that was kind of the first concept mm -hmm. uh, behind the game. And then another indie game came out called North that is nothing like what under the end is like at all. But we just felt like, okay, we need to change the name. Even though right. we're up North. Uh, but yeah, we, the first bit, I think we built like eight different prototypes. Yeah, like we had sci-fi ones, we had platformers, we had like a XCOM kind of like squad based one. And that was mm -hmm. fun to work on because we would record all the voices mm -hmm. like for the characters, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, kind of like Starcraft style. And we yeah, had yeah, all yeah. sorts right. different things. And then uh, and like Sarah would do all the female. Friends. Yeah, our friends would do stuff and like uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> but we, we we just shelved all those. And uh, I don't know, it, they, I guess they could have been good games, but they didn't feel right. Right. And then right. we kind of landed on this one. and. Uh, it felt like the right thing to pursue, and we just we did it, and it's it's been very much a journey to get to where it it's is. It's only four years later. Yeah, and four <laughs> years later, we're done. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness! Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions: yeah. is how long have you really put into this? Oh four God. years. Oh, yeah. That's a good amount of time. Yeah, it really has been about four years. Yeah, it has. Like we, so North, we built that, and we you know we started sharing it on Tick Source, mm -hmm. and got some traction, and then then we kind of like got to a point where we're like, ah, it's good but not great. So we ended up like kind of shelving that and building a new version uh, kind of of our combat system and right, stuff. Right, because it really was all about the combat Yeah, system. using similar art and kind of similar ideas, mm -hmm, but like mm -hmm. stripped it down to nothing, rebuilt the animations, like rebuilt uh, all the art. I think as creatives, I've talked to a lot of other indie devs about this, like you're kind of always racing against your own learning curve <laughs> in terms of like, if you start like the guy, uh, Phil Fish, who's talked about this in Fez a lot, like he started the project and he kind of had an art style and he thought he knew pixel art. But by the end of the project, it taken him about three and a half years to get to that point. His art skills got so much better. They ended up having to like redo all the art. Redo it. Yeah. And so that just, it just happens when you're on that first, I think, initial like learning ramp. Right. Uh, you just, you just outpace yourself pretty quickly. So you end up having to like redo stuff a lot. Right. Yeah. Hmm. We definitely have to throw out a lot of stuff. Tons of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get comfortable with that. Yeah. Throwing work away. Yeah. Which can be really hard. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds rough. Uh, before we get any deeper into this, I just we're we're talking about a lot of really cool stuff, and I just want to actually give to the people who maybe don't know anything about Unto the End. Can you guys give me like an elevator pitch of what exactly this game is and why people should be excited about it? Uh, sure. So we Unto the End is a little bit hard to describe because it cuts across different genres, but the way mm -hmm. we think about it is as a uh, action combat game in the style of a cinematic platformer yeah if that makes sense so what the heck does that mean so you know it's got it's got kind of the pacing and the mood and tone of like an inside but it has really really deep combat so uh there isn't an exact analog in terms of like oh the combat is like this game we, we built the combat system from the ground up specifically for 2d but some things to kind of like earmark about it that we think are cool one every enemy is unique so there's, it's not like you have like the guy who throws spears and the guy who uses axes and the guy who uses swords. Like every single right. guy in the game has their own look, move set, reason for being there. The other thing is that the whole game is hand built start to finish. So if you like took a screenshot of the whole world, it's mm -hmm. like a hundred foot canvas, mm -hmm. you know, going 
you know, going across the world and there's no loading screens, no levels, nothing like that. Uh, the last thing is that it's very much based, based around the player's experience and the player's, you know, ostensibly the player's skills and observations and stuff like that. But it's a, it's a story, if you will, based on player action rather than a story in terms of like, Hey, there's these dialogue interactions or there's this, you know, dialogue you have to read to understand the story. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the encounters are quite fluid in terms of like, you can fight sometimes, you can trade, you can run away. And right. those actions that the player takes, that defines the story. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So, so, and by that, are you referencing that those specific actions you take will influence a different, like the, if I'm someone who's constantly running away, I might get different story beats than someone who say is facing headfirst into every battle. Yeah, the, the story pivots are more around the items you get or don't get based on the actions you take. Uh, in terms of the beats you get, it's more about like, you know, Sarah and I grew up in an era where uh, playing games where there wasn't internet and stuff, right? So how did you tell someone like you got to a new area in Mario or got right. in Metroid? You went down the street and you're on your BMX bike and you told your buddies like, hey, you know, like, did you find this area, right? <laughs> uh -huh, and uh -huh. uh, that's kind of the experience we want to, to have in the game where like you might find uh, an opponent and run away from them. Like, oh, it was a super hard fight, but I managed to run away and I barely, you know, I barely got over this jump and then they, they left me. And your friend right. might be like, oh, come on, man. Like, you're a wimp. I, you should just fight those guys. And another guy might say, well, like, did you find this item? Like, I used that item and I got past that. And that's kind of like the thing that, you know, gotcha. that's the right. thing we're trying to craft. Right. In, in many of the main encounters, there's different ways to get there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And that's that's really hard to obviously advertise with the yeah. way your game is shown because right. just looking at it, I would have never known that. But I think that's such a good selling point. Thanks. It's been incredibly hard to sell it that way. <laughs> <But <laughs> it's, sure. it's kind right. of a catch-22 in the sense of like, if you show it to people, then you spoil it, right? Right. So right. And so, you, we, you know, we, we put a couple of them here and there and we tease different things in screenshots. Uh, but it is very much a game you play uh and then experience for yourself uh huh. th and then you know hopefully if we're lucky you know word of mouth and and you know if we get uh some decent write-ups and stuff that'll help kind of right right yeah no that makes a lot of sense i'm actually really excited for that because one of my questions and i'll get to it a, a little bit later was around kind of the um the the difficulty that you see in this sure. game but before before we jump into that though um, I, I just wanted to ask because it's promoted that that both you two are a um, a husband and wife duo working on this game together, which I, I think is amazing, by the way, because <laughs> like you said, you know, how are you going to be able to work together? I think that there's a lot of people out there who trying to work with their spouse would have a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to, to talk about, are you the two, like the only people working on this project? Is this just the project of you, everything is created by you or are there others that are helping you with this? Well, we have two, we have a great sound designer and a composer, so they've mm -hmm. done all the sound and music, but yeah, all the dev, all the animation and art is, is just us two. Yeah, we contracted the guy to do some shader work for us. Yes, yeah, so uh, one of our friends helped with some Yeah, so work. one of our friends helped with, this is going to sound super nerdy and weird, but like the, <laughs> the, the torch light. Uh, so um, like if you look at a game like Inside, they do a great way of like, you never see like banding or any artifacting on light sources. Right, That's a pretty hard problem to solve. You have to use like blue noise and all these kind of things that I don't fully understand. Yeah, we <laughs> So one of our friends did that, and then we contracted a guy uh, to do um, depth of field, like uh, 
So it looks like there's fog and stuff in the world. Like we, he, gotcha. he wrote a special shader for that, uh, which is now actually available out of the box in Unity. But in the version of Unity when we started, you had to write a custom shader. Man, so. it would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been very nice. <laughs> but yeah, like 90% of the principal dev and yeah. you know, art and design and all that stuff. Uh, yes. It's very nice. Absolutely. 97% That's of it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's going to be different pieces from, from other areas and, and help that you get, but it is very impressive to see that this is only a two person project for the most part anyway. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to talk about right from the very get go is the style to this. So you even classified it yourself. It's a cinematic platformer. It has this this look and feel that reminds me in a way of, of a very kind of like an old school, uh, like no sound at all cartoon or something that you would have seen uh, in the past. I don't know exactly what I'm really thinking about sure. here, but it it's something that is unique. It's not as as often that you see. Where did where did that style really come from? How did that come about? As far as having this cinematic platformer, it, it, other than you know anything else, like this could have been could have been any type of art style. Why this one specifically? I you know I think it's hard to say exactly where where kind of the inspiration comes from. But uh, two two things really. One, uh, I really love the look and feel of concept art. Like when you look through movie concept art or game concept art, mm -hmm. uh, and it tends to be more illustrative and more minimal because it's trying to get across kind of the major beats of a story rather right. than giving you the nitty gritty of it, right? And so that was a big insp inspiration. Like Sarah and I thought it'd be really cool to make it feel like a concept art piece kind yeah. of thing. And another world. Yeah, and then another, I don't know if you played Another World or Out of This World. Uh, mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of a, a cinematic platform, one of the early ones. Uh, that has a very timeless style in my opinion. So, uh, and we both really loved how it still looks good today. And so that was right. kind of like something we wanted to kind of capture. Yeah. Um, and then artists like John Harris, Gendy Tartakovsky. So uh, Gendy does like all the Samurai Jack and Primal. Yes. Yeah. So yes. like, you know, we were just big fans of their work. And so yeah. that kind of seeps in a little bit. We really were just trying to keep it in that world, something minimal, more illustrative. Yeah. Um, it's definitely changed a little bit from our, we were just looking at some early sketches. And we were like, what the heck is yeah. that? Yeah, it's funny looking at all the stuff, yeah. But, so, um, yeah, we just, I don't know. It, it is funny. Like, we, there wasn't actually, I don't know if it, we had a conscious, like, that's it. Right. But it, yeah, it evolved over time. And it, it felt, it felt like it struck a good balance from a game immersion perspective, right? It right. wasn't like super detailed, uh, it, you know, kind of like you're racing against the uncanny valley, but it also mm -hmm. was distinct. And so it kind of fit into a good, a good, and uh, it, it, it did work with combat yeah really yeah it had to be readable to like you know a, comp a big part of combat is to make it readable but we don't want it to uh we don't want the player to ever notice that we're trying to make it readable if that makes right. sense right like we do a lot of stuff like we put white snow behind a combat encounter because that gives the the, the you know the creatures you're fighting the, the strongest uh contrast right mm -hmm. uh, or mm -hmm. or maybe a dark background but we never want the player to really know that so um yeah we, we tried to for us, the, the main thing is gameplay and gameplay experience, and then the art facilitates that. So that was always a very hard forefront. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense. I really do like the the word you use, minimalistic, because I think that plays into this very well. I really love that the UI for this game is almost just yeah. not even there at all. It's not right. relevant, <laughs> other than those few times where you seem to be picking up items. But yeah. it's it's more of just a bringing you into that world and almost 
like we keep saying, that's cinematic, almost like it's a show, as opposed to you playing a game, it's you watching something, but having that experience of being that person. Right, right. right. That's you know, exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. And we really, it, it is, uh, it's quite conscious. Like, it, it, it definitely immerses you, but it also, we hope and we felt that get, getting rid of the distraction, like a HUD and health bars and stamina, allows you to focus as a player more on the important stuff, like what your enemy is doing. Right. You really right. need to be reading and reacting yeah. in the moment. So yeah. we actually first, when we were first putting the combat system together, we did have a health bar. Yeah, like a little bar above the head and then one in the corner. Even just though like we knew we really didn't want to have yeah. it, we didn't know what to do at first. Right. So we had, it kept getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah. Like how, ridiculous, <laughs> like, what, how ridiculous this tiny <laughs> health bar was. And then we thought, what if we could do it with blood? What if there were like right. three different, like, bloody, bloodier, and bloodiest. Yeah. And that was enough to tell you that, okay, the next hit, you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and then when we tested that, we're like, I think this can work. Yeah. Let's and then we did it. the same thing on the enemies. Right. And then that kind of gave us a model of uh, three hits for most enemies defeats them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of something a player can easily remember, but it also has this advantage of making uh, combat really high stakes. Right. You know, you're quite vulnerable. And so it kind of, that all kind of like fed into itself, which was, was kind of, well, it was just a good, a good set of happy accidents. Right. <laughs> it's all about those iterations, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. <laughs> I think the next point, I, I did mention this already, but I wanted to touch back on difficulty. Um, there's obviously going to be a bit of a challenge when it comes to this game, uh, because this game seems to be... It, it offers this, this challenge to the players where it's less about you being, uh, you know, getting these, these forms of progression uh, as opposed to like a game where you level up or where you get these different abilities that help you do things like dash uh, an extra time or something like that. I mean, unless that's in there, but I, I doubt no. it. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's more up to the player. The progression is the player themselves, right? It's them getting better. And anytime I see this, I'm always excited because I'm a person who generally likes challenge in games, but I also am thinking about the person who might not be as interested in that. And they want more of that story, right? They want that experience of being able to, to see the, the character's journey. Is is there any, um, just from a conceptual side or any ideas to add things like accessibility mode, or do you think that that might uh, kind of take away from the game itself if there are different difficulties? Well, that's something we've, we've thought about a ton. And, and there's two, two kind of fate aspects to that answer. One, uh, we were very conscious to make uh, gameplay decisions, which allowed players that aren't as reflex based in terms of their skill set Mm -hmm. overcome uh, encounters without fighting. Mm -hmm. So there are actually very few encounters which you actually have to defeat your opponent through reflexes. So that's one gotcha. side. So that's finding items, that's figuring ways to run away, that's trading, et cetera, et cetera. Friendly fire, all these things play into it. The other side of it is we actually do have an ex a specific, specific accessibility mode. Uh, mm -hmm. And what that is, is it allows you to change combat speed. Oh. So you can play on default and everything just, you know, runs uh, normally, or right. you can change it to be assist. And assist means that only when you're in fights, the combat slows down a bit. Mm -hmm. So it gives you more time to read, more time to react, so on and so forth. And so we felt that um, struck those two things kind of combined. One, baking the, the difficulty level, if you will, into the game design, and then two, actually having and ability to slow down the combat a bit struck a good balance uh, gotcha. that, you know, we hope people, you know, players really enjoy. Right. Yeah. 
And I'm sure it's it's also one of those things where you won't really know until it get it's in the hands yeah. of a larger audience. Yeah, yeah. We've tried to have uh, as many friends and uh, playtesters go through the game as we can. But you're 100 right. You can't until you get it out, and it, you know if we're lucky enough to be uh, successful enough to have large numbers of players through it, then then you'll really know, and and we'll uh, adjust appropriately. Right, exactly. Are you planning on doing anything such as an early access or some kind of beta phase for you know a, a group outside of the the more immediate friends or family? Uh, we've done uh, like an internal beta uh, outreach via our publisher. Uh, oh, okay. But we haven't. We we. We won't do it. I don't think we'll do an early access or anything like that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll just we'll just jump out there and hope for the best, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, obviously, I wish you the best. Um, but let's <laughs> let's move on from that. Uh, let's keep it at that. Um, kind of around the difficulty, but more around just the mechanics in the game. Um, I noticed specifically, or I was saying specifically about how, you know, progression is really on the person. It's about them getting better at either that combat or in what you're describing, those cases of understanding how to escape, understanding the items that you can trade to get away without fighting. Um, but at the same time, I saw in the demo, there were a certain uh, number of places where you could, what it seemed like, improve your armor or craft certain things. Is, is this going to be something where, say, that rule uh, of the three hit type thing changes or that you might get a different weapon or, or like, what are some of those things that might change in this game other than, I know it's already described in the Steam page that you have all of those abilities from the get-go, but is there any of those differences that you might get along the way that could help? Yeah, you will get some armor. You well, can, you can make craft armor. some yeah. armor. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a couple secret hidden. Yeah, there's things. some hidden <laughs> items that you can find that uh, that um, make it more easy for you to survive and uh -huh. uh, overcome the different challenges. Right. Uh, I mean, to drill into the, the armor, uh, uh, the ability to upgrade armor, we really wanted to make it about um, kind of combat survival, if you will, mm -hmm. and uh, really kind of the consequence of decision. So those are kind of the two design principles. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? So we have a limited number of supplies you can get. You can pick up sticks, leather, um, bones, and then herbs. All those items can be traded with um, certain creatures. Okay. All those items are shared for creating your dagger, your torch, and your armor. So let's just say you're playing and you throw your dagger off a cliff because an enemy dodged it. So now you probably want to make a new dagger, but you're in a dark okay. cave. So, you know, like, do you, do you wait and hold off on those resources because you're worried you might lose your torch because you might come across an enemy you have to run away from? Uh, you know, or if you threw your dagger off now, you might not have enough resources supplies to make armor. So when you get to a rest right. fire where you could make armor, you decide not to make armor so that you have enough stuff to make a dagger. And so, all, and you know, and then you come across a guy where you can trade. Well, do you trade herbs, which you need to make tonics, or do you wait and then you don't know what you missed out on? So that all felt like what it what it's like to us at least when you're trying to you're alone you you don't know what the future holds and you right. need to make these decisions based on kind of impartial knowledge of the future yeah in part we were inspired by the movie the revenant absolutely this. yeah yeah this guy is just trying to get home right and he's just a normal guy yeah, he's not a blacksmith or a tinker or like you can't go make like or like you know, an incredible mail. magical warrior yeah right yeah. so he <laughs> just has to use what he finds right right Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Is, matter. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is this going to be something where you as you as the player knows? So we're, we're thinking of this minimalist UI, right? When I want to build a dagger, am I going to know what items I have to combine to, yes. to create yeah. that? Yes. So we didn't go with, uh, I love Blow. It's actually one of my favorite years in a long time. I don't know if you played Blow. But Blow mm-hmm. kind of had this like, uh, it was like a harmonic, you know, you know, recipe kind of system, which I thought was cool, but uh, we didn't do that. So basically, if you, uh, if you click on your dagger inside of, you kind of have like the belt and then you have your supply bag. So when you open up your your, your belt, you can see your torch, uh, your dagger, your tonic, if you have one and then open it and then your supplies. Um, right. When you click on your dagger, it just says, you know, you need these two items. Do you want to, you want to effectively spend those to make a dagger or do you want to, you know, not do that? And so gotcha. the same is true of the torch. Enough, and then if you don't have enough, it tells you like, hey, you're missing, you don't have enough sticks or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, same is true of armor and, and uh, know your tonic and stuff like that the one exception is when you offer an item uh a trade or to help a creature Mm -hmm. you're told which items they'll accept but you're not told how many they'll take of it oh it's a little bit of like a uh you know like you don't and sometimes you'll give guy guys items and they won't they'll just thank you they won't give you an actual item in return then other times they'll actually give you something substantial so uh like in the real world you know you you help out someone and you don't always get like a magic token or something in return. <laughs> right. There's got to be, got to be a little bit of that intrinsic, intrinsic value to it exactly, that you're yeah, like, yeah. well, I'm just giving it to you because <laughs> you're, you asked for it and I'm a nice exactly. guy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, obviously this is dependent on how well the person plays it, but what are you thinking is as far as like uh, gameplay time. What do you think the average runtime would be for a player to sit down and to go from start to finish? Uh, yeah, it's a good one. We're, we're seeing like from people that played around four to six hours. Uh, okay. And it, it is really dependent. You know, we tried to make something uh, kind of in the same uh, time span or time commitment as like an inside or a limbo. Right. Uh, yeah. And it depends, right? Like for some people, inside takes, you know, three weeks because they get stuck on one puzzle for a couple mm-hmm. of days. And for other people, they like sit through it in two and a half hours and, and no problem, right? right. And we definitely yeah. have people. And that's the same with us, right? Battles, yeah. Take yeah. Two hours. Yeah. Then. Like, you know, we have the one fight in the demo with the guy with the spears and the other guy with the axe. Like, some people play that depth that for like an hour. Yeah. And other people are able to, you know, noodle it out pretty quickly and get past it in like, you know, 15 minutes. So it'll just depend. You know, we really wanted it to be. Uh, you know, a thing you can sit down and play it in an afternoon if you if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tried to put a lot of replayability in it, like you can make different decisions, get different items, you have different achievements based on the decisions you make. Um, you know, and, and ultimately just kind of ha- capture that feeling of an adventure. I'd like sitting down and watching like a single shot movie really is kind of like the inspiration. Right, right. That makes sense. So do you think, uh, just kind of thinking about this, that there's different uh ways to get around things do you think there's a a good amount of replayability in this as far as okay i went uh i'm thinking of like undertale right and probably not to that extent but having different versions where you have like the the pacifist run versus the you're an asshole run whereas you're just going to kill everything that comes in your way and now you might want to say well let me see if i could trade everything and not kill anyone in this run yeah, we, I don't think we uh, have it to that extreme. We did, we, we thought about that. We thought about making like, hey, can I play it without killing anyone? Mm-hmm. And we felt that in this world, given the context, you would have to fight some creatures. Uh, right. But you can definitely, you know, you can definitely be the asshole and kill everyone. Uh, and there's a <laughs> lot of innocent people that, you know, we tried pretty hard to make it seem like 
yeah, you really shouldn't kill these guys. They really don't want to fight. But if you want to kill them, you can kill them. So uh, we don't, we, we're definitely allowed that, yeah. Okay. Ho Very yeah, cool. Hopefully there is some replayability. Yeah, we think so. Yeah, we, we think there's replayability. There's, uh, there's definitely a lot of encounters where you can choose to fight or not fight. And there's quite a, there's a decent number of hidden items that, you know, a lot of people don't find on their first go through. And those items uh, change the way you would approach different encounters. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have hidden areas and stuff like that too. So those are, we always find are, are fun to, uh, to find it. We, and we do have a decent number of Easter eggs in terms of the achievements, like how you actually unlock some of those achievements for those people, you know, for people who like kind of uh, maxing out a game, you know, hundred percent mm -hmm. a game. So yeah. Very cool. All right. That's, that's really exciting. Uh, as far as the, and, and I know there's no way I, I always ask this, but with the, the caveat that I know you can't give me an exact date, um, but is this game being, you know, is this close to the finish line? What are we looking at? How's development going? Is this something we might know in the near future when this might be actually available? What does that look like? Yes, we are close to the finish line. Yes, extremely <laughs> close. And you will, you and, and anyone who cares to listen, well, uh, <laughs> Absolutely no, like uh, very soon, uh, we will announce uh, an official release date. Uh, we very much, uh, we're, we're very committed to shipping it this year. And uh, okay. yeah, so expect it uh, in 2020. Uh, Exciting. And yeah, we'll definitely announce a release date soon. All right, that's awesome to hear. Um, well, I can't wait for that. Um, I've seen this game, uh, speaking of actually releasing it, I've seen this game will be coming to quite a few different consoles, devices, services. Where exactly is the game? Because there's there's a lot of places that it seems to be coming. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be on all the major consoles. So um, Xbox, I guess now you have to say Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, Switch, uh, Steam, so PC, uh, Windows, you know, Windows 10, I guess, or whatever Windows supports, uh, whatever Game Pass, like, versions of uh, whatever Windows versions support Game Pass. I think it's 10 and 8, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, GOG. Uh, and then Stadia, recently we announced Stadia. Um, wow. So that's pretty cool, yeah, so. That is a long list. How, how, did, how was that process? Because I, I can only imagine that trying to port it to so many different places must have been a hassle of some sort. Yes, it, yes. it is uh, a lot. There's a lot of challenges in porting. Uh, we, we actually partnered via our publisher with uh, a studio that did some of the ports and there's other guys that do other ports and I'm doing some of the ports. And so a lot of porting. Yeah, you know, to be honest, Unity does make it, I wouldn't say painless, but it makes it a lot less painful mm -hmm. uh, than, it, than it would be, you know, if you go back 10 or 15 years, uh, when you actually had to like rewrite large portions of code. Um, so that that has made it easier. A lot of the porting comes down to the specifics of a platform in terms of achievements or like shader issues that certain consoles might have and stuff like that. So it's been, it, it's more about like making sure you, you uh, meet all the requirements and experiences of the different platforms rather mm -hmm. than like some massive technical uh, undertaking. Yeah, we'll have to let you know when it's done. But yeah, we'll let <laughs> you know when it's done for the final word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. That makes total sense. Um, so. I won't take up too much of your time. I'm sure you were both busy. You want to get to that 2020 release, but I do want to finish this with one last question that I always like to, to wrap up the show with. Um, I'd like to hear some just general advice, uh, especially from both of you, because you have an interesting story background of, you know, kind of just leaving your life and deciding to go the way of games and, and taking this, this passion route approach. Uh, what, 
I'm sure you've learned a lot of things along the way, right? But for those listening who might be interested in in possibly starting their own project, working on their own game, or just getting into the game space in general, what are some tips or some advice uh, that you've learned along the way that you think others might benefit from? Sure. Yeah. Um, happy to answer that. Actually, kind of exciting question, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not in no particular order. I would say uh, one, you know, believe in yourself. Uh, don't, you know, if you, if you have a, if you have a passion and a feeling, uh, you know, that you want to try and do something, just do it. Like, I don't, was going to say the same thing. Don't be afraid yeah, don't, to try it. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't like hum and haw about it. Just try it. You know, and you don't have mm-hmm. to go, you know, the full all in, Yeah. But you can fit it in to, you know, even if you're working full time, you can fit it in, you know, as a, a side project at first. Yeah. You're just, Cause we definitely did that. We didn't go from zero to, oh, right. Right. Oh, yeah, we made like we made five mobile games or something before we even really seriously thought about uh, you know leaving our jobs and selling our condo. To right. dovetail on that, I would say you know start small, right? Like a lot of people say that, like don't go for your dream game, start small. And I really think that is true. Like uh, take and like a, a single mechanic, like try and make like just take jumping and then mm-hmm. try and make something cool about jumping, and you know then go build a whole game out of it. Right, and even at some of the most successful games are, are really like I was thinking this morning about Cave Story. Like the, one of the coolest mm-hmm. things Cave Story did was let you shoot your gun at the ground and that let you fly. Right, and that was awesome. Like just yeah. you could make a whole game almost out of that one mechanic, right? Yeah. So you don't have to go and reinvent the world. Uh, take a simple mechanic. Like for me, don't worry about the art. Don't worry about that you're not a great animator. Don't worry that you're not a musician. Like kind of. Take the tools you have and, and build something and show it to people and then learn from that and make something else you know make as many things as you can mm-hmm. um and and learn every time and you'll pretty quickly realize that way whether you actually like it or not right you know because <laughs> playing games and making games are like totally different like i i have such a backlog of games i want to play but i, I just never get to them because you know you're just always working on our game year. right yeah. right um, yeah so you know, those are two of the big things. Um, yeah, like I, I can't, you know, always be learning. I'll try and soak up as much information you can uh, from other people. And when we can go back to conferences, that was always such a great way to yeah, be. talk to people. Yeah, and, yeah. other devs. Yeah, yeah. 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 just um, get out there, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, don't be don't be scared to try it. Uh, you don't have to go all in right out of the gate. You can definitely, you know, crawl, walk, run your way to it. Uh, read lots of books. Uh, take inspiration. You know, everyone, this is kind of common stuff everyone says, but it really is true. Like anything you make will only be good or, you know, unique because of who you are. So just do what you think is cool and interesting. Like, don't worry about what everyone else says is neat or cool or what AAA games are doing. Like, you know, just do what you think is interesting and keep doing that. And if you're, you know, if you enjoy doing it, you know, eventually you'll probably make something that other people like too. So. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Steve and Sarah, that was very inspiring. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the uh, podcast. It was great to have you. For those listening, Unto the End is currently in development, but will be coming out for just about everything, as you heard. <laughs> um, but if you're interested in PC uh, as of right now and you want to get a head start, you can always go ahead and wishlist the game on Steam. I'd recommend doing that just for discoverability and all that. Um, but yeah, once again, Steve and Sarah, thank you so much for coming on today and best of luck with the game. Thanks, Thanks so much. We had a blast. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thanks, bye.